You what better is- be excited to be part of our team, too. <laughs> We're not talking about that here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. We're going to have technical difficulties, but it'll be fun. I'm <laughs> I'm with Allie Shank, the general manager of the Wenatchee Apple Sox. Allie, thanks for making the time to sit here with me today. Thanks for having me on here, Scott. So you are the root cause of these um, the series of podcasts where we're talking to the West Coast oh. League teams in Washington State, because you and I um, talked about doing stuff with the Apple Sox this summer, and so you're 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 responsible for all of this. <laughs> I take full responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Then I guess <laughs> complete complete blame. Why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit of your backstory before we talk about the team, though? How did you get to the position that you're in today? Okay. Uh, long answer, I guess. Uh, but I graduated from the University of Georgia in 2018 uh, with a marketing and also a sports management degree. Roll Tide. Uh, yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> National champions, though, right here. <laughs> um, but I, so I ended up graduating from there in May of 2018. And uh, this position became available as the assistant general manager. Um, Jose at the time was purchasing the team. And so Jim Corcoran, who was the previous ownership uh, group, he actually ended up hiring me to come in and kind of uh, replace him and also the previous uh, assistant general manager at the time. So long story short, I moved, packed up, moved. And got all the way over here. Uh, but basically, I've loved sports my entire life, and I've always wanted to be involved in some sort of sporting event, some sort of entertainment uh, facility in some sort of capacity. And so I've just to be able to have this full circle moment of being able to be the athlete and then go in and be in charge and be the back office and be the managering, the managerial staff, I guess. I'm like rambling now at this point, but... <laughs> so, so you played sports? Yes, I did. Uh, what did you play? Loaded question. Basically every sport. Well, what was your, <laughs> what, 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 what were you the most what, proficient at? Okay, so I I was on the crew team uh, at Georgia. So I was a rower in my junior year of high school all the way until sophomore year of college. But I also played, uh, not played, I swam year-round okay. for about seven years. Um, and then I also... I swam on our varsity high school team, and I did gymnastics, and I did cross country, and I did soccer, and yeah, basically everything except for softball was what I. Everything but, but mm-hmm. softball. Okay. So you moved to Wenatchee. Yes. Had you ever been to Wenatchee before? No, never. I had gone to Leavenworth though, so I went to. <laughs> <laughs> I I, uh, I do have family on the other side of the mountains, and so I came out here one Christmas, and I think it was twenty. 2012 and I actually came out here for Christmas in Leavenworth so I got to see the stars and the you know the nice little lights up in the trees and it was it was beautiful I have a, a photo of me sledding down the hill going tubing down okay. the little Leavenworth ski hill but <laughs> other than that yeah I'd never been out to Wenatchee so so how do you like it I love it okay it's beautiful okay. I can't complain I like the outdoors okay 
we'll come back to that later. <laughs> so when I've been talking to the other GMs in, in the Washington teams, so, you know, this, mm-hmm. walk me through high level. Yes. What does the, what is your, what does your year look like? Because I've learned some things. <laughs> I've learned some things and, and I was, I was surprised. Um, so I'm just curious and I'm not going to say what I've learned. I'm just going to, I'm going to ask you kind of the same question though. It's like, let's start with January. Well, mm-hmm. no, actually let's, let's, no, let's... you got to start, start in September basically. Okay. Yeah. Cause you, all right. So, so let's start September. Season ends, uh, middle of August. For us, we sublet the uh, park from the college. And so we actually have to go in, clean up all of our stuff, make sure that we are giving the the college back the park in the same condition, if not better than what we actually received it in. And so that is probably about a week long uh, process just to get everything cleaned up, everything taken down, um, everything kind of moved around and moved to different locations. And then we actually just start working with sponsors. We start talking to people, talking, figuring out logistically what we are going to look at for the next year. So that includes everything from ordering new gear to reserving and booking hotel rooms to mm. kind of making bus arrangements. It's it's really, it's, I laugh because I have a role in everything that we do in the, the off season because everything gets planned in the off season. So September, mm-hmm. your cleaning up shutting shutting down the, the ballpark shut down you've, yes. you've, you've, you've mothballed the park yes for the, for the for the off season one of the things that I've learned that was I thought was surprising mm-hmm. is that most teams and I don't know if the Apple Sox are doing this so I'm curious they start building their roster in September yes almost immediately mm-hmm. maybe yeah yeah and that caught me by surprise um I'd like to hear you why Walk walk us through Wenatchee's philosophy on why you're building the team in September and things like that. And so honestly, ideally, you start building the team and you, and you have those relationships kind of established throughout the end of the season. Um, for us, we, we were a little at a disadvantage because we actually brought in a full new coaching staff this past year, whereas when we were still under the impression that our previous head coach, Ian Sanderson would be coming back. We actually, Ian was starting to reach out to guys that we wanted to be um, coming back from the previous team already. So that was happening in in mid August at that point. And so the whole purpose of building the team beforehand is because collegiate summer league baseball is such a, it's, it's a very interesting um, summer program that's actually in place in the U S but uh there are so many different guys and so many different teams that would like to place players during the summer. So they all want to sign and just be done with it and not even think about it. So they kind of, it's almost the way that it's set up for these summer league players. It's, it's, you kind of have your roster set in stone by, by the end of October. How does that work though with say an incoming freshman? Does and and I'm just going to arbitrarily say I'll ask you pick a pick a school that you're working with pick a pick a program that Winnetchi works with. So uh, I'll give you an example. UW has an incoming freshman. With baseball, though, it gets to a point where these these kids are signed and they know that they're going to go play for these colleges a year and a half ago, almost. Okay, so as juniors, then probably. Yeah, as juniors, they kind of know, and so that way, when we when we first reached out and we we started talking to UW about sending some guys over, we said okay. 
we want, you know, a few guys. We would like to have a few pitchers. We would like to have a few uh, actual position players as well. And normally they want to place incoming freshmen with a good collegiate summer league program because especially if it's one of their top prospects, it allows them to be kind of a little bit more up to speed um, mm-hmm. compared to just coming straight out of high school ball because the the speeds and the pitches and just the intensity of the game is going to be a lot different from high school to college. And so this is their stepping stone for these incoming freshmen who are at that higher level and higher potential level. So this kid's graduating mm-hmm. high school. Mm-hmm. And he's going to spend his summer in Wenatchee. Mm-hmm. Interesting way. I mean, he's literally a high school kid. Not <laughs> yeah. he's a incoming freshman, but he's not even a college. In mm-hmm. my mind, he's not. In, no. he's not a college kid yet. Cause no, he he's not. Yeah. So you're still able to coordinate that in September. The you mm-hmm. know nine months earlier. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's crazy. It just. I mean, it just shows you how. These programs, everything is kind of all laid out um, for these players. And it, it it's kind of a testament to the fact that the players really don't have that much say as to where they end up being placed for the summer. Um, and it's it's just another interesting part of the summer uh, collegiate baseball program. So one, one question I haven't asked anybody else because mm-hmm. it just came to me. Arbitrarily assign a kid, just placeholder kid. And let's say he's coming from Utah. Mm-hmm. Who pays for him to come to Utah from Utah to Wenatchee? Is that on the? Is that on the? Is that? Is it on the team? Is it on the the kid? Is it on the university? No. Uh, so I mean, yes, to one of them. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's actually on the the kid. Um, so we we are not a pay to play league. These kids have the the system that we have set up is for them to basically be able to be here. And just be here for the summer and they don't really have to worry about the costs of food or housing. It's it's really but it is up to them to get here. Okay. So so, so they're responsible for the yes. transportation before the season and after the season. Yes. Okay. And and then their basic expenses, mm-hmm. roof over their head, basic food is provided by the host family or mm-hmm. the or the Yeah, the team. or by fault. Yeah, the okay. team. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're building the roster. Mm-hmm. So some of the things that, that that I was when when you when you look at this from the outside, not knowing the the intricacies of it, mm-hmm. I never really put together the idea that you know the University of Washington's going to say uh, we have the second baseman that mm-hmm. we want to come to Wenatchee. We want you, but we want to play him at third this year. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, so you're 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 you the teams are catering to the the desires of the programs with, with to yes. Yeah. With the caveat. Just, yeah. But for example, um, innings, innings pitched, mm-hmm. you're going to respect mm-hmm. that. If this pitcher has a, a number of uh, in, in, innings limitation that you're going to not, you know? Oh yeah. No, we, I, and I mean, for us, uh, I think there's so much trust that gets placed into these programs and for us, we've been around for 22 years. So there's definitely a long standing history with a lot of these programs. And honestly, I think that that was a huge advantage to us because of the fact that we had a whole new coaching staff come in this past year. So for us, some of these relationships that we ended up drawing upon for our, for our our guys that we ended up signing Mm -hmm. were previous relationships that we had with the Apple Sox. And, but that is just a testament to the fact that all of our coaches, we really do make sure, and most teams do this as well. But um, 
innings pitched, I mean, when a coach sets a limit, that's a limit that's followed because you don't ever want to overwork a player. They're here to develop and grow as a player. They're not here to just be totally overused and totally overthrown. And but but as a fan, and you're trying, you want the team to be mm-hmm. competitive. You're mm-hmm. thinking like, why isn't that kid who's you know three and zero with a yep. one point five ERA? Why isn't he pitching tonight? You yeah, know? no, and it it is hard. But it, at the end of the day, it's hard because there is such a it is such a balance that our coaching staff has to actually meet and match because of the fact that yes, obviously you want to win, you want to do well. And you would love to be to see us in the championship series this upcoming year. No, but it would be wonderful for that to happen each and every night. But also it's a developmental league. I mean, we are here to develop these players, not only on the field, but I mean, yeah, when when they're told, hey, we want this player to start pitching instead of playing shortstop like we're gonna we're going to switch it up and we're gonna end up doing that because that's at the end of the day this is about them developing as a player and so it's about them getting better and if that's the skill set that they need to develop and and learn from this past summer or this upcoming summer then that's what we're gonna do but so, uh, it's definitely that, very interesting in, in that scenario where you've you've got you're converting the second baseman to a pitcher mm-hmm. and this is not about any specific player. There's just an, an, a, a fictional player here. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and, and you, you know, so you're, you let the kid pitch and he's terrible. <laughs> do you go back to the, you know, once again, we'll just say the university of Washington, mm-hmm. do you go back to the head coach at the UW and say, Hey, um, this, this kid can't pitch. <laughs> Can we put him back to second? I mean, do they welcome that, that, that feedback? So, and I, I probably don't know as much about this as, as I should to be answering this question. Um, that's a lot more with our actual coaching staff and the coaches of these other schools, because I, even if I did end up helping recruit, which I did at, I did help with this past year, I, I'm not the person who's looking at these players each and every day. And so Mitch is the one who's definitely going to be having that conversation with the coaching staff, if that's the case. But, um, no, I, <laughs> can you imagine though I mean, be how, how, oh, Hey, so this, you know, so, Tim, yeah. the, the mysterious player named Tim, um, yeah, he's hitting 75 on the radar gun. He doesn't have a breaking pitch. Can we please let him play a second? Come on. Okay. Well, and I mean, so, and you kind of bring up a good point. Sometimes like there are certain guys who do come to the game and they just aren't at this level and we this sounds bad, but like you, you just, you don't want to set someone up for failure. And mm-hmm. so you, if there is a kid who's over his head with what he's going to be up for in the upcoming season, if he's been here for a few weeks and the coach is like, okay, it's not gelling. He will have that conversation with the, his coach right. or yeah, because you just never want to set someone up for failure. Right. Yeah. You want to be as constructive and supportive as you can. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're building the roster promos. All of this. So when do you get to take a break? When's the slow season for for you? Well, I took a very extended little break after our past season because I hadn't seen my family in forever. So I took a nice like month long break. Yes. Okay. Good for you. Yeah. Well, now I'm like, (laughs) now 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 I'm like, oh, I'm paying for this now. I'm I'm (laughs) looking back in my checklist and I probably should have hit a few other things before I signed off for a few weeks. But um, no, it's it's. Honestly, I mean, we do have some downtime in the off season, 
we are fortunate that a lot of our the big holidays do fall when we are not in season because when I'm in season I probably am at the ballpark for way too long. Well, let's so let's <laughs> let's talk about let's let's bounce forward now to June. Mm-hmm. It's it's opening night. Mm-hmm. Walk me through a typical day as the GM during the season. Oh, okay. So I am typically at the office uh, at about like nine. Anywhere from 9 to 10, just getting everything set up, making sure if we have different promos that night that are kind of especially one-off things, just making sure that everything is ready to go. Um, we have three interns this upcoming year, which in the in the past we've only had one. And so this is going to be a little bit different for me because it's going to be a little bit more about me learning how to delegate and sending some more tasks out with some other people. So I'm going to probably focus a little bit more on that. Let me interrupt you. Let yes. me interrupt you. So what... Where are the interns coming from? Oh, so we have an intern coming in from Washington State. Mm-hmm. We have an intern coming in. Oh, oh my goodness. He's from Northern Colorado. And then we have an intern who's coming in from a university over in uh, Bell Kirkland. Okay. So are these sports management people? Or what's Why are they... What's the draw for them to be an intern? So they are all, uh, they all had some sort of sports management uh, experience or um, major. And so one of them is actually finishing up his degree with Washington State. One of the things that he has to do to finish his degree is finish uh, 400 hours with uh, a sports related industry. And so he is going to be our ticketing and marketing intern. And then we have a video intern because we added a video scoreboard last year. So we have someone who is going to be creating a lot of video and graphics for the said scoreboard, which will be very fun. Okay. Um, And then we also, we have a, a, a a photography and also graphic design intern. So it's more or less to make everything a lot more professional and just make it make it a very good experience for these uh for these young professionals who are coming out of school to learn more about the sports world and also apply the skills that they've actually learned in school to what we are doing here so you're going to be delegating Mm -hmm. were you doing were you wearing all those hats last year yes if you could see her face when she said that (laughs) just just paint that picture folks okay so now with the intern team you're going to delegate out so they're what time okay so you're getting here between nine and ten mm-hmm. you're gonna then give the intern team their marching orders if you will yes. Del- delegate out yes yes okay then what happens uh then i'm typically up at the ballpark at about 4 30 uh, especially if we have anyone coming in any sort of organization coming in to set up a booth or if we if it's a sponsored night i'm normally there to meet whoever is going to be arriving at the ballpark early mm-hmm. um and then I'm there until about 11. Just I'm I'm there overseeing everything. I'm I'm making sure that our, our ballpark staff is adjusted and, and good to go. Okay. Um, but it's I'm basically there just to make sure nothing goes wrong. Right. And or to, or to take the responsibility. Of it yeah, does. Okay. exactly. <laughs> All right. So you've got a, you know, a nice 14 hour day. Mm-hmm. OK, that's during the season. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're kind of only working part time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Do you travel with the team much? Um, so I, the first few years, I actually did travel to a few of the away games. I do not have to travel um, for any of the away series. Okay. 
but sometimes it's nice to have an extra set of hands or nice to have someone to call in case something happens, but I'm... So on game day, how many people does it take to put on a game? I mean, how many... How many? How big is the team? Not the I, nine. Don't say nine. <laughs> but the stadium, the, the, the crew, and how many people are support for the the apples i was gonna do it i knew i was gonna do it this year i told you warned you i almost said it the the apple socks um so for just our guest service staff uh we have seven people and then we have an additional 14 15 concession workers um we have a food and beverage manager um we have uh a lovely volunteer pool from lions club which is one of our local organizations in town that give back and Um, what are they what are the what are the lions volunteering they actually are ticket takers and so they are the lovely people that you get to walk in and say hello to very cool the first site when you walk into paul thomas so um no we have i would say probably like 25 people been on staff because we also have people in the press box we have a few people that are behind the scenes that are running around so Mm -hmm. Probably a grand total of 25 people putting on the show. Okay. All right. I don't know. Let's see. What direction do I want to go with this? <laughs> Could go so many directions. <laughs> so when, let me ask you this question. So when you took the job to today, mm-hmm. right? Remember when you got, when, remember when you first said, yes, I'd like to do this job. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it what you expected it no. would be? Why not? What did you expect? I mean, let me ask you that question first. <laughs> what did you expect? I don't know. <laughs> Completely fair answer. Completely fair answer. So, um, I, I don't know. I always knew that it would be a variation of this, but I, I don't think that I realized how big of an impact that the socks would actually make on me. Elaborate. Why? This sounds bad, and obviously COVID did not kind of threw a monkey rich into everything, but I kind of thought that I would be here for a few years and just be out not be out but like i would would have moved on this is a way station for yeah. you yeah okay. wenatchee and the people here are amazing and i don't know how i would have stepped into any other job and had this role because i just the people here are incredible and they've made this experience so much more um just impactful and and just i mean seriously it's been we talk about the fact that uh, the people who are season ticket holders and the people who are sponsors and the people who are host parents are basically all part of the Apple Sox family. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know how to stress this enough, but those people are, are seriously, they have your back in any sort of situation. And that's something that I don't, I didn't think that I would ever have in a job. And I know that sounds corny and sounds very cheesy, but they've made that, they've made this experience so much more important to me because of that. And this community, I mean, they rally around different organizations and, and they rally around the Apple Sox and they rally around um, us. And it's just, it's been a crazy way for me to kind of be introduced into this uh, sporting world, but I I wouldn't trade it for the world because it's, it's seriously, it's, it's been, it's been amazing. So. What you better is, be excited to be part of our team too. <laughs> we're not talking about that here. Okay. Crop that out. Yeah, I'll leave it in, but we're not talking about that. No, we'll, we'll, I actually will come to that. 
why do you think the Apple Sox resonate so well here in Wenatchee? Um, because I think that baseball is baseball to me is such like it's such a unity former. I mean, there's there's no politics. I mean, yes, obviously there are people who will bring different things into it, but to me, baseball is the way that people can come together and and really ignore the differences that that we have with one another. You you ignore um like you ignore skin color, you ignore race, you ignore a religion, you you kind of ignore everything. I mean, it's it's all about celebrating the players and obviously there's going to be a rivalry on the on the field but it's a it's more a place of people coming together and celebration and unity than anything all right so this, so. Is, this is a question i've asked everybody else okay <laughs> who is the apple Sox main rival oh the main rival um so i'm looking up at our schedule our main rival should be the Yakima Pippins because we are less than two hours from them. But we only played them once this year, so it's, uh, I don't know. I would say that some of our main rivals are probably the obvious, the evil empire, Corvallis. So everybody says that, so go ahead and Because everyone it. wants to beat Corvallis. Like, at this point, it doesn't even matter. It's just anyone except for Corvallis now. <laughs> Dan, I'm sorry if you're listening to this. Just But, it's, but see, like, and I've said this before, I think... We won't make this about Corvallis, but let's take the Yankees. Love them or hate them, mm-hmm. they're great for the sport mm-hmm. because you're going to chase yeah. them. Yes, you know you you're going to. This league doesn't have salary caps, but if you're a small market team and you've got a, you can't sign that up and coming star, you're going to send them to the Yankees and get a mm-hmm. boatload of, you know, you, you, you keep feeding. Unfortunately, the small yeah. market teams have to feed the Yankees. It seems mm-hmm. like we don't, we don't have that in this <laughs> league. Um, so I've asked most everybody like, why is Corvallis? What's making Corvallis so dominant lately? So Corvallis, hmm. It's not that it's making them more dominant. They have a great situation. I mean, you really can't compare when you're situated on Oregon State's campus and that's your main location mm-hmm. when it's it's just a different I mean, it's a different draw. Okay. And also when you have that connection with a university where 2018, they were the national championship. Like, I mean, they have a long standing history of success with their program. Right. So that alone, having that personal connection okay. is, is a huge advantage okay. and being able to bring in OSU players uh, whenever you'd not, whenever you'd like to, obviously everyone has different players that they sign throughout the season and, but you do have a very good relationship with OSU at that point if you're also right. oh, partnering makes, with them and using their field. That actually makes sense. Um, That's fair. But Oregon, I mean, not Oregon State, Corvallis also has a coaching staff that has been there for about, I don't even know how long, but it, they've, Brooke Knight has been heading up that organization for 10 plus years now at this at this point. Okay. So they long-term have a, established relationships. Long-term established relationships that have been in place. And also the... Corvallis is one of the founding members of the WCL. So they, they're 
alone, they have been around since 22,000. Okay. So they're about the same. Is Wenatchee. Length of, okay. yeah. Okay. Wenatchee being around too. All right. So you, you, so everybody's against Corvallis. I mean, it seems like everybody, I, I'm joking, but it's like. No, I, this is, it's not a joke. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a long, <laughs> it's, it's pretty much a running joke with the league now at this point. I mean, we are hosting, we're going to have a, an evil empire night on the weekend that they're here. Are you really? Town. Yes. Because. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> I love it. Return, do they, of, how return do they, of the evil empire. So since this is only a Washington state show, we're not really, yeah. know, we don't, I, I haven't talked to anybody outside of the, of the state. Let me ask you this question. I, do they enjoy the role of being the evil empire? If you, if you will air quotes around evil empire. <laughs> So I think it's interesting. I think everyone in our league, obviously it's a developmental league. We all want our players to succeed, but there are definitely certain teams that take a different focal point on what they, what they kind of choose to be their main, okay, their main thing. So to me, Corvallis is a very, very, very serious team, which is, you're right. No, it is good. It's good to always strive and it's good to always want to have someone to beat, but they're very serious and all around their program is a very, in my opinion, it's really intense. Okay. And the guys who are there are super committed to that. Like they really want to be in that mindset of we're here and we're here to, to grind it out, Okay. which is awesome. And everyone should be in that mindset sure. because it's summer ball. That's, that's kind of the only reason that they're here. And I mean, why else are you going to be giving up your entire summer Sorry. season? But, um, they're, they're just extremely focused in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But there's also something to be said about having fun too. Like it's summer baseball. Sure. So. But what one thing I've noticed in in these conversations mm-hmm. is every team is competitive. Every mm-hmm. team wants to win. Yeah. But the camaraderie within the the ownership, the managers that I've talked to, the mm-hmm. GMs that I've talked to, no one said anything bad about anybody. No one said anything other than glowing like support for every other team, and that's pretty cool that the the teams are so mm-hmm. supportive of each other and of the league. Mm-hmm. Now, for nine innings every night, they they want to yeah you know, they want to they want to win, and as it should be. Mm-hmm. But the teams are supportive of of this, and it's for like the benefit of the league that mm-hmm. the, the the product on the field. The development of the players, the, the reputation of the league is very important. Yes. Yeah, I, I would say that, um, and especially from the general manager's perspective, we're all here to help each other and to make all of our products better together. Because, I mean, there's no better representation than being able to show that everyone else in the league is doing the same thing, if not better than us. Mm-hmm. And so... And for me personally, being being a female in sports, we have six women GMs and out of the 16 teams that we have. So that alone is is a really uh, it's a great resource for me because Mm -hmm. I it's it's I mean, I'm able to call up Stephanie from Bellingham, who's been around and been a part of the Bells for over eight years now. And so she's she's a great um, representation of the league and she's a great example for me to follow. And so, uh, but it's kind of funny because the past four years I've been calling her 
all the time about any little tiny question and I do this to a lot of them too because we all kind of do lean on each other and we do ask each other questions but now with the with the addition of these new teams up in Canada I had uh, Jenna from Kamloops she she's the GM up there and she called me the other day and she was like Allie I need to just ask you these questions because I need to go through this with you because I want your opinion on this I was like all right I feel heard. I feel like this is a full circle moment. Like, all right, I'm I'm the female GM that they're now coming to. So it was it was a very interesting okay. time. But yeah, no, definitely very very supportive and very heard um, within the 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 front office staff, especially um, okay. with this league. But yeah, we want to beat them. Obviously, of course, we want to win. Well, yeah. <laughs> we we wouldn't be playing the game if we didn't want to yeah. win. What? does Wenatchee do differently than the other teams in the league for like, what's the, what's the flavor here? Does that make sense? Like kind of, okay. You're shaking your head now. Great. So what's the, what's the flavor? What's the flavor? What, like, for example, like what's something cool that yeah what what's one actually doing to to for entertain not setting aside the game the, like baseball you're you're putting you know you're 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 putting a team on the field and all that but what's the fan experience here in Wenatchee that they're not going to get say in Port Angeles or Walla Walla or Portland or <laughs> uh, you know what's what are we doing here to give the fans an experience? Hmm. So you touched on a, a very interesting topic here. Um, <laughs> After well, I explain it to you. No, 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 honestly. So the thing is for me, this is now my fourth year. One of those years was a non-existent year because there COVID. was just, yeah. COVID. Yeah. Okay. The big, <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, but now this is my this will be my second year as a GM. Um, mm-hmm. Last year, I'm gonna be honest with you, we were basically just trying to keep everything kind of going forward. Mm-hmm. It felt like we were just bobbing for air <laughs> the entire time. Right. So this season, we have a lot of different promotional things that we are hoping to incorporate that do make the games more Wenatchee or more specifically uh catered to make it really special to be here Mm -hmm. um we have a few i mean we have really cool different promos that we kind of do that are well known throughout like we have this washington sock giveaway washington lottery sock giveaway um and okay well we but we've been doing it for eight years you give me that look i'm giving you a look (laughs) but we've been doing it for eight years and the fans know exactly what you're what the pa announcer actually says um because it's been said so many times over the loudspeaker. So like people are, are anticipating it. Cause they're like, okay, five strikeouts socks for Apple socks fans. Imagine that like, that is what it sounds like every single time. And so it's, I, I don't know. There, there are little things that make it very Wenatchee, but we've added so many different things in the past two years. We added a video scoreboard, and that's just something that we are still kind of figuring out. But that alone increases and enhances the fan experience in a different way. And a lot of teams in the league don't have the video scoreboard. So that, there you go. That's what stand, That's what makes us stand out. Okay. Scott. <laughs> not, not to put Wenatchee down here, but the coolest thing I've ever heard 
mm-hmm. as a promo thing was when I was talking to the GM of the Walla Walla Suites. What is he doing? They throw out an, the first onion. The first pitch is an onion. That yeah. I, Do you want to take an onion home, though? No, okay. no. But the thing <laughs> is, is when he told me that, I was just like, "So that's and, really cool. And see, I've wanted to throw out the first pitch as an apple, but they had already established that by the time I'd gotten here. And so I was kind of like, I don't want to like necessarily go in and copy what they're doing who the onion with the The onion yeah because i i believe that the pippins actually throw out an apple too and the pippins and the sweets are owned by the same right and they didn't and jeff might jeff didn't jeff Jeff didn't mention the apple but when 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 cody miller told me the, Mm -hmm. the onion i was just like that's so cool so and oftentimes they'll have like the person who does it will take a bite, bite out of it yeah. <laughs> just, that's why i say it's gross because i'm just like yeah oh. but it's still but it's like <laughs> no it is it's it's very uniquely it's it's very kind of them. the charm of minor league baseball yeah that's the thing it's kind yeah. of the charm of minor league baseball okay well I, we have plenty of charm well, okay so let's talk we, about we that so what's so what sort of promotions are going to come up this this season that the fans are going to okay. be able to participate Okay, so we do have a few different uh, promo items that we are kind of, we got to see how they worked towards the end of the season last season. So one thing is we are going to have a Dizzy Bat race, which is going to be super fun and very fun to watch, right? <laughs> My stomach's nauseous just hearing that. <laughs> okay. Um, but so we actually, we have a, a local company in town called Pair Up. And they produce uh, pear cider mm-hmm. and also pear-based seltzers. So we partnered with them and they created a Sox seltzer for this upcoming summer. One of the things that they are partnering with us, though, is we are going to have the Dizzy Bat race. And so hopefully after someone has chugged a so- Sox seltzer, they will go down there and get to spin around three times on the field and then race to first base and race back. <laughs> so... um we had a few very adventurous people who uh, decided to tackle the coyote last year. No ideas are being given out at this time, by the way. Okay. Please no one tackle the coyote. Okay. But, um, yeah, we do have a few different different cool like promos that we were doing. Um, I see something here on the board, and yes. I don't know that it doesn't have a number next to it. Oh. The dirtiest car in the parking lot. Yes, we do have the dirtiest car in the parking lot. Jet Pro Auto Wash is a sponsor of that. And so one of our interns goes out, takes a little photo, and we get to announce who and put their nice little photo of their dirty car up on the on the video scoreboard. And everyone gets to see how, how much they need a car wash. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. But they get a nice little gift card. They get, so. a, they get, they yeah. get, they get a car wash out yeah, of this they deal. Get a car okay. wash out of it. The humiliation of being put up on the on the scoreboard. They do get a car wash out of it. So perfect. It's a nice, nice little trade off there. But um, no, we and last year we actually we had a uh, cider batter, and we are going to. Basically, it was instead of encouraging people to cheer against someone from the opposing team, it was encouraging our fans to cheer for one of our players to hit either single, double, triple, or home run, each one means a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, or four dollars off. And so of So not they don't, they don't have to hit for the cycle. Mm-mm. Nope. So if player So say Enzo mm-hmm. is our player batter of the, of the night. Batter of the night. Okay. If he gets up and he hits a double, um it's two dollars off. It's two dollars off until the end of that inning. Okay. So that's okay. That's that's, cool. that's a beer promo. That's that's okay. That's it's getting cooler, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Okay. I can't believe you're, you're putting us down over here, Scott. No, 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 no. You gotta. <laughs> no, I'm not putting you down at all. But you gotta admit the 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 first pitch onion is the first pitch onion is very you gotta, cool. You gotta that give them, you cool. gotta give them props. Okay, so one of our cool. Um, I, it doesn't even sound cool to talk about, but like we have this really neat outfield race called ketchup and mustard ketchup and, and mustard. fans love it like okay. people cheer and count down and figure out like how many ketchup has won versus how many mustard has won throughout the season because they race every single night so the these are inning. these are they're little ketchup and mustard bottles that are run around by the little guest service workers on the back side of the fence okay okay all right yeah okay yeah our guest service workers uh, like to put on a good show. Sometimes, do they, sometimes do, there's tripping. Sometimes there's a. So when they when they are interviewing, are they are you are you telling them that they're going to have to put on the ketchup costume and run? They yeah. know, they know they're. Oh, listen! These kids when they sign up to be a guest service workers, they know that they have to be doing field stuff, and they know that they might have to be on the microphone. They know that they might have to. Okay. Run around in costume. Okay. They sign up for kind of a lot, actually. So here it is, you know, it's going to be July. Mm-hmm. They're putting on a ketchup bottle costume. And it's going to be 115 degrees out. Yeah. <laughs> nothing can go wrong. No, nothing. <laughs> Never, ever. No. No, honestly, it's, it's, yeah. It's all fun. <laughs> what, what do the Apple Sox do within the community? We try to give back, um, to a lot of different organizations around with monetary and also uh, physical donations and also just volunteer work. I'm I'm pretty actively involved um, in the Sunrise Rotary Club in Wenatchee. Um, and so I personally do a lot of kind of volunteer work around the community. Mm-hmm. But when the Sox are here uh, during the season, we do have a few different events that we like to have players go out to. Um, we bring them over, uh, to a few, like we'll, we'll probably go to the senior activity center. We'll go to a few different places around, um, just because when they're here, they're kind of a big, I mean, they're a big representation of our organization, Mm -hmm. but also it's a good representation of Wenatchee too. And so it's, um, I, (laughs) sounds bad. I guess they could be doing some more community service work and stuff during the summer, but we, we really, we only have three and a half months to, or two and a half months to kind of have them out and about at different things. But you know, one of the things I learned early on mm-hmm. was that your team is literally showing up a day or two before the season starts. Mm-hmm. So it's not like there's spring training. There's not like they even know who they're playing with. Mm-hmm. It's very, that was very, um, it's it was strange yes. to me because I was like, wow. So what do what do the Apple Sox do to build camaraderie within mm-hmm. within the players? And so that's something that this upcoming year, this is kind of a change that I have worked on. But um me and the coaching staff, we've kind of put together some different events uh for the players and the coaches to also kind of participate in. So we have um, our schedule mimics a minor league schedule in the fact that most of their Mondays are actually rest days, technically. Mm-hmm. And so we have a few different outings and a few different kind of adventures planned for the, the players um, to kind of build that, be- to, to build the camaraderie, because there are definitely going to be some players who might not necessarily get out of their shells. Um, 
and make those connections off the field. Mm-hmm. And so they're here and these connections that they make last a lifetime, but sometimes they actually have to be pushed into those connections. Sure. too. So we're having them, we're going to have them go hike Saddle Rock. We're going to have a host family event at the ballpark so that host parents can also meet and mingle with all the other players as well. Um, we are probably going to have them go up to either the bowling alley or slide waters. We're still deciding, but we have a few different things that are planned for them because they do kind of have to have that. It sounds bad, but like the almost inorganic, like, okay, you're all going to be together. And I know that they get that on the, on the bus and they get that when they're traveling, but you, you do have to have that camaraderie and you do have to build those connections really fast. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you you have to depend and be able to count on the player that's in left field and make sure that he he knows that he's going to throw home. You know, like you right. do have to know that and you do have to be able to depend on these guys. But um, it's definitely a very, very interesting and unique situation because, again, no other. I mean, unless you're going into some other summer camp for two and a half months, most of the time you're not living, eating, you know, mm-hmm. playing with these guys day in and day out. So it is it is interesting. But yes, we do try to build the off the field stuff as well, because otherwise I f- feel like they would just sleep their days away sometimes. Well, they, they are they 18 don't. to 20 year old guys. Yeah. Of course they are. <laughs> Baseball players are weird. Sports full of characters. Mm-hmm. You know, has Wenatchee ever had any characters? Yeah, I would say, I would say that you get characters every year. Okay. Any any interesting stories, good stories, quirky kids. I. If you I can mean, see the look on her face right now, folks, <laughs> she's just like, ah, I don't know if I want to answer this. Well, it's not that. I I just like some of these kids. I don't know how do you explain some of their personalities. Like some of them are just interesting, interesting and unique kiddos. And honestly, I don't. I don't see the half of it because Mm -hmm. I'm not the one on the bus and I don't, the bus trips are, they play mafia for the majority of the bus ride and mafia. Have you ever? No. It's one of those, it's, it's one of those games. I don't know. I grew up, I grew up playing it. uh, I (laughs) I don't even know how to explain it. Basically it's kind of like, uh, you, someone is selected as the mafia and then everyone else has to guess who's actually in the, okay. It's kind of like one of those like heads up. You, you see who's, Okay. He like taps you on the shoulder and then you're selected or I, okay. I don't, I don't even know how to explain this because right. I haven't played this since I was like 13, but <laughs> I've heard stories about the fact that they play mafia. They play, they watch movies on the bus. Like they do, they kind of just, I don't know. The front office staff is not really privy to any of that. Okay. So I don't know. So, so one of the things that's a consistent theme is, is that the, this league is designed to to mimic minor league ball, mm-hmm. which is not what these kids are used to at mm-hmm. collegiate level. Yes. And it's a grind. It is. And some kids get it, some kids don't. Mm-hmm. And so th- this is good for them to see what the future might look like. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely, I mean... The purpose of our league, like I said before, it's a developmental league, but it's also not to see if these kids can hack it, but it's it's to give them a realistic idea about what a season in minor league baseball would actually look like. I mean, summer league, I mean, not summer league, during 
the school year, they're playing maybe four times a week, if that. Mm-hmm. It's a different ball game when you're playing six games a week. And, like, and then traveling. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. traveling on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and minor league, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're, I think they're still doing six-game series now. And right. I think that's something that they're going to continue with. And that's a, that's a long right. road trip. Yeah, We have two six-game series, and I, I guarantee you those guys are going to be very tired after right. each of those trips coming back. It, it's just, it's grueling. And when you're, especially in the summertime, I feel like you get so much more easily fatigued with how hot it is. And so it's a combination of all of that. But again, it's the summertime. Right. They're, they're, some of them are taking classes, though, and I do kind of feel bad Ooh, about that. Okay. But for the most part, none of them are taking classes. And so it's just kind of baseball. That's that's baseball. the focus. Let's uh, let's talk host families. Mm-hmm. How many is it? One kid per household? Do they do they double up? Do they get you know what's what's the norm? So norm isn't by household. It's typically by how many beds slash bedrooms are available. Okay. And honestly, it is sometimes up to the host parent, but I would say normally one kid per household is what I see. Okay. There are definitely some houses that have two kids. Um, some households even have three, but, um, yeah, we have, (laughs) we have one, we have one family. They have, I mean, they have a huge property and they have a guest house and they have, you know, X, Y, and Z and multiple extra bedrooms and they end up hosting three players and it's awesome. Mm -hmm. But for them, it's, it's almost nice because you don't really have to, sounds bad. You don't have to focus as much on the players then. Like you don't. I feel like some people feel like they have this obligation to entertain sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when it's like, when they're two, when they're two players, it's a little bit easier because you don't really have to think about, oh, I need to sit down with Mike at dinner tonight and make sure that I talk to him about how his day went. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, oh, I know that they're off doing their own thing. So so who gets the kid to the ballpark? Is it the host family? More often than not, it's actually the players. Um, about half of them bring their cars. Okay. Um, and then they uh, do a great job about coordinating rides. Okay. <laughs> um, maybe a quarter of the host parents actually provide some sort of transportation. Like, say they have an extra car for mm-hmm. some reason at the house, but most of them do not use the host parents for rides. Okay. Which is easier for all the host parents, I'm pretty sure. Right. What are you most excited about for this season? I'm excited about all the new things that we have coming to the ballpark. Like I said, just having all these different um, ideas and different, uh, just different things that we are going to be uh, plugging and promoting throughout the season. Um, we we actually kind of copied this from Cody over at Walla Walla, but we're going to be doing um, especially on Wednesdays where we're going to draw uh, four different times throughout the game and we're going to have different gift cards for local restaurants, local, okay. just different little giveaways for local entities that are around here to make everyone, to make it just more Wenatchee and mm-hmm. make it... Make it so that businesses are seen and heard in uh, different capacities. And so we, like Slide Waters, we have four, five packs, I think, for Slide Waters. And so we're we're just, we're going to be making it a very fun event. Mm-hmm. And we're just, our biggest thing for this upcoming summer um, is to pack the park. 
because last year was interesting and weird and we still had regulations about how many people we could have in the park for about half the season and so this year we're just we're making it normal and we're making it better than ever what is the seating capacity 1200 1200 okay well you might not be able to answer this question because your four years haven't been really normal unfortunately (laughs) but what is an average attendance at a game um, so typically we see about a, a thousand paid in attendance. Okay. So some nights are obviously a lot more, uh, more packed than that. Mm-hmm. Our 4th of July night that we do fireworks on, which is not normally the 4th of July. It's actually the 2nd of July this year is, um, we normally see about above 2000 people oh. at the park on that night. Okay. And Yes. Our park is not made to hold that many people, but people just, I mean, people spill out onto the grass. It's, 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 it's really insane actually, but. Okay. Hmm? What does the future of the Apple Sox look like? What, what's. The future is just continuing to, to, to keep on building what we have started to put in place. Okay. So. We've changed around a lot of the uh, just different advertising components, different things that kind of make us unique during the summer. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of continuing to to change those things and just... She just hit the microphone. I know, I'm sorry. It's okay. Just continuing <laughs> to make everything better okay. um, and keep on building on that. The ownership group that established the team um, was wonderful and amazing, but they were not as inclined to not even put money towards different things. It was just more, well, this has worked for this amount of time. Let's keep it in this this thing because this does work as well as this does. Okay. But I think what we've learned in the past few years and I think a lot of the sports world has learned this too, is sports have changed in the past five, six years. Mm-hmm. Um, attention spans have changed too. What? Yeah, exactly. Um, so we, we've, we've had to accommodate and learn a lot more and bring a lot more of the new, the new pace stuff into, uh, into the environment and, 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 to, eh, and into the crowd. Oh, sorry. Actually, that's interesting. I, I don't know that you're going to know the answer to this question, but you just made mm-hmm. me think of something. So, like, Major League Baseball is doing some real changes to mm-hmm. to speed up the game. Mm-hmm. I was watching – I actually was watching baseball the other day, which I, I don't normally watch TV, so it was weird. <laughs> but um, the catcher is now wearing a, a, a number pad on his knee, mm-hmm. and it – so he pushes, you know – Put, yeah. Instead of instead of giving the signs like we used to do, he's telling, and it it's an audible in the player's head. Is that are does the West Coast League looking at things like that to in, to speed up gameplay? Is yes and no. Yes to speeding up. I don't know if necessarily that technology that you're talking right. about, if that's something that's going to be available in the next few years, yeah. but maybe down the line. They're definitely we've 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 had a lot of uh, talks about just making sure that the game is quick, making sure that stuff is happening in a timely mm-hmm. manner, and that's something that we um, we've talked with our the uh, 
oh, what is he officially? The umpire in charge who, who oversees our entire umpire association. Mm-hmm. And um, we've, we've really kind of not not made that a point but it's definitely been brought up and then brought to the attention of everyone because unfortunately baseball's got a a bad reputation Mm -hmm. for being long Mm -hmm. and attention spans changing Mm -hmm. people want it to go faster which i'm old that doesn't seem cool but i get it but you just said something and i've missed this question with everybody else i'm glad you said it who where are the umpires for this league coming from Oh, okay. So they, you didn't ask our commissioner about this. I didn't. <laughs> I know. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, <laughs> so they come out of a, a program that's based in Florida. Um, oh. they're the umpire in charge. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his last name, but his name is John. He, uh, he actually runs the umpire association and handles all the umpiring for our league, the Northwoods, and then one of the leagues that's down in Florida. Okay. Um. I could not tell you how that came about, but umpiring schools are pretty far and few between. And so I think that he just runs a program that they do a few week training course down in Florida. And then this is their training. So So the entire West Coast League is, if you think about it in the grand scheme of things, it is all developmental league. Mm -hmm. So these guys who are umpiring in our league are guys who are trying to get into the minors and get into the majors or get into NCAA okay. college baseball. And so it's a very um, interesting program for them. And obviously it's, it's not just anyone can be in this program. It's, it's, I mean, you have to, they have to advance through the program to actually be placed. Um, so is, let's say there's a game tonight, mm-hmm. the umpire of tonight's game his name is John. Second mm-hmm. conversation is is he kind of like the players? He's up. He's here for the season, or is are mm-hmm. they? So does Wenatchee have the no. same? Okay, so they move. Okay, you're right. I should have asked. I should have asked. <laughs> so the I, I think that I want to say that they have. Um, I think they have about nine teams of two. Okay, because we have two man umpire teams uh, for our league. Mm-hmm. Which fingers crossed that's increased to three next year, but okay, just because anytime you have right. one more person on the field, you have more accountability and more more Absol- eyesight. Absolutely. Um, but I think they basically rotate through out the West Coast League. So when someone is not hosting um, a home game, they're mm-hmm. probably not going to have any umpires in that city because right. they're going just going to be traveling around to where, when and where all the home. So they're basically living in a hotel all summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so they're not just some random amateur umpire from Wenatchee mm-hmm. at the Wenatchee game in Walla Walla for Walla Walla. So these guys are coming in and they're, it's developmental for them mm-hmm. and they're from all around the U.S. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's, it's entirely a very de- uh, developmental team. Okay. But developmental has like a bad connotation to it sometimes because it's not developmental and like we need these people to right they're not at this level it's just it's it's a way for them to increase their skill set and familiarity with the game but like this league's wood bat Mm -hmm. and so these kids are used not used to wood bat Mm -hmm. so this is this in some cases might be their first exposure to to playing the game with a wood bat 
Yeah. Okay. okay, come on. They all played with wood bat but, at some point. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. their, their, yes. their organized baseball career, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. All aluminum. But again, that it, it's just, that's one extra thing for them to learn mm-hmm. and, and grow from right. um, over the summer because it is it is so different and especially college now everyone it's very aluminum and it's mm-hmm. um yeah. i think it's actually interesting the nwac is is wood bat uh which is the northwest conference that's over here okay um i did not know that and so they they compete with wood bat okay. so it's kind of funny they so one one last kind of segment i want to go to with you mm-hmm. And that's because the, the reason that I've sat down with all the other GMs mm-hmm. is because, and I'm not sure how I heard about it, but I heard that when Nancy was looking for a PA announcer this year, mm-hmm. and I came in and I talked to you, and you, you much probably to your regret now, you said yes. <laughs> and so I'm going to be the PA announcer for the Apple Sox this year. So I've got more, I've had more conversations with you and with, mm-hmm. with the, the broadcaster. Joel. Mm-hmm. And Joel mentioned something in passing the other day when we were talking, and that was Wenatchee has the Apple Sox are on radio mm-hmm. and not just the home games. Mm-hmm. And he made it sound like that's not the case for all of the teams in the league. Yes, that's true. Um, I'm pretty sure that we are the only team that's on radio for both home and away. Um, I'm trying to think. I think Bellingham. I know for a fact that Bellingham is on the radio for weekend games. Okay. They. Uh, oh, shoot. Yeah, no. Um, I think we are one of the only teams that has radio for both home and away. And that's because of the fact that Jim Corcoran, um, who established the Apple Sox in 1999, <laughs> um, he actually, so he previously was the owner of, I can, and I'm blanking right now, but he was, uh, he's owned and operated multiple radio stations over here and over in Seattle. Okay. And so he had a lot of experience with radio and that was, uh, his main kind of point of expertise when he was actually coming into this was more as the, the business owner, the, the radio guy, more, more of less about the baseball, mm-hmm. much less about the baseball and just more about that, that side of everything. And so that was something that he established and he's really has kind of maintained to this day, just what he set up here mm-hmm. is the fact that we are on the radio and I don't know how we're possibly on the radio because I think about how long a baseball game is and to be able to be on a radio station for 58 games for is, three hours. For three plus hours, plus pre-game, post-game, mm-hmm. everything. I mean, it's about four hours that the radio station is then giving up, which for us, we work with a local radio station. So that's four hours of coverage that then they're switching over entirely to a different kind of broadcast. So it's it's very interesting, but it also shows how, how beloved baseball is in Wenatchee for the fact that it has survived and been such a point of, for us, if anything, it's a selling point. The fact that we have radio, I mean, my sponsors, it is a huge advantage for everyone that we deal with because it it really does kind of include the, it includes everything. And you get the random people who are just tuning into the radio station who all of a sudden are listening to the game because, Oh, I didn't know that baseball was on air right now, but I'm going to listen to a baseball game because why not? 
so it's it's an interesting um yeah it's interesting because there are definitely teams in the league that are entirely streaming online not not connected to radio at all and, and so i think that it's to our advantage because of the fact that we probably pick up a lot more okay do you think Listeners. do you think it provides a benefit to the players to be i mean part of being a, a professional athlete mm-hmm. is is being able to conduct yourself in the public eye mm-hmm. you know whether you have a microphone shoved in your face mm-hmm. so do you think it's beneficial that there's a pregame show it might have a conversation with mm-hmm. the player there's a postgame show where they might be interviewing the, the the you know the star of the game if you will mm-hmm. i i mean i would say it's it's everything of an advantage to these players because you're right they this is their way for I mean, granted, some of them at their schools will get interviewed by the local radio or the local newspaper or a student organization. But for the most part, um, this is a really great way for them to go out there and go out of your comfort zone. Um, (laughs) A lot of people are not comfortable talking. Mm -mm. Um, And as I say, as I'm sitting here, (laughs) no, um, it's, it's really hard. And I think a lot of college kids especially don't really have that experience. And so... I think that Joel really does a good job about having players have that ability to to really go on and have these public appearances, mm-hmm. even if it's only a five minute appearance. It's it's something that's totally different than what they would have normally had um, at their disposal. But right. just going out in the community and going and to the YMCA and having being there for part of the kids camp mm-hmm. is in and of itself it's a different community appearance where they're going out there they're basically it's a player appearance for them so it's it's almost like just i mean if they were in the majors they go out and do community appearances all the time like it's just another thing to get them prepared for what their life would be like if they were to be a professional ball player too has has winachi has an apple sock player ever made it to the major leagues Scott, you have not done your homework. I, I, I know the I know, <laughs> I know a answer. Okay, yes, we do actually. We have a lot of uh, a lot, not a lot. We okay. we've definitely had a multitude of players that have made it into the major leagues, and we have plenty of players that are in the minor league system right now too. So, other than Marco Gonzalez, uh-huh. who else has made it into the major leagues from from the Apple Sox? So, this is actually really interesting. Do you want to know a cool little tidbit? Uh, please. Probable pitchers for next week. Next Wednesday, I believe, or maybe it is this Wednesday. This Wednesday, probable pitchers are former Apple Sox players, uh, Marco Gonzalez mm-hmm. for the Mariners, and then we have the Rays starting pitcher for that day is supposed to be Drew Rasmussen, who is 2014 an Apple Sox alum too. So, okay, okay. opposing starting pitchers right. for this game. That's cool. Apple Sox alum. Right. They weren't yeah. on the same team at the same time, were they? No. That had been really weird, wouldn't it? No, because Drew was, I want to say, 2014. I think 2014 or 2013. And uh, Marco played in 2010 for us. Okay. So Marco's brother actually played for us in 2017 okay. as well, which was kind of cool. So this one thing that to me is interesting to me that the mm-hmm. league, I mean, two Mariners that I'm aware of, Mitch Hanniger. Mitch, oh, yeah. Mitch Hanniger well, mm-hmm. and, and Marco Gonzalez played mm-hmm. in the league. And I can't remember what the number was that made the opening day roster for 2022, but it was a it was more than a couple of dozen. Mm-hmm. Had, so the the league is we uh, has done a lot to produce talent 
that ultimately ends up in the major leagues yeah. and with a lot in the minors. We, and it, it's honestly, it's really cool for me since being here and arriving in 2018, I've watched guys that we saw in 2018 and 2019 on our roster and also on opposing rosters who have made their minor league, you know, they've gotten drafted. They've, they've played a few years now. And mm-hmm. so it, it's, it's really cool because it is again, the first full circle effect where I'm now sitting there going, all right. I knew him this, when. Well, and it's Joel and I were sitting down talking the other day about uh, Jeremy Wu Yelland, who was one of our players in 2018. And Joel was like, I mean, that kid, he was a great kid and he was a great pitcher. Who'd have thought? Like, who'd have thought that he would have made it big because he was an awesome arm? But you just never know because baseball is just, it's interesting who, who ends up making it and who, yeah. Okay. But, um, no, we were, we were joking because we were like, Jeremy, we didn't think that he would be the person who'd be like the total minor league, um, you know, face of the organization. And he's he goes out there and he's at all these different community events. And we'll attribute that a little bit to all the community events that he did for the Apple Sox, right? But, Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're not the GM of the Apple Sox, what do you like to do for fun? <laughs> uh, I... Like I said before, Wenatchee's amazing. I love the outdoors. Um, I go hiking occasionally, and when it's not too cold in avalanche season. But um, okay. no, I, I go up to Mission Ridge a fair amount. I like to. I learned how to snowboard a few years ago, and so I've I've been going up there um, for the past few years now. And I don't know. I just like the outdoors. I go cross country skiing. I like baking a lot. I like, like cooking. Bake? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, where do you go cross country skiing? Uh, I go up to Plain. Oh, okay. Yeah. So over there, um, I sometimes go in Leavenworth, just like icicle mm-hmm. over there. But have you ever gone up to Loop Loop up in Okanagan? No, but I've meant to go up there. I've just for me, it's kind of like okay, if I just want to get out and clear my head and just go enjoy mm-hmm. nature, that's the perfect too. thing to do. Right. But you know, for me, driving thirty minutes to go there, forty five, I guess, an hour up to Plain, it's just it's not it's okay. perfect. I should make the trek up to Loop Loop. You should, though. probably. At some point. Coffee? <laughs> coffee. I do love coffee. Are you asking me for the best place in town? I have a different... With a- with reservations, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So, I will say, I think that... I, I really like Mela coffee. Okay. In town. You're not selling that. You're like, you're kind of like no, just no, no. backing I, into it quietly. Well, well, okay. So I really like their coffee, but they, they have this uh, store that opened a few years ago that I drive past on the way into work all the time. And they have this awesome order ahead app. Mm-hmm. And so I just order ahead and just get up to the window and grab my drink. And then I go on my merry way. Okay. So it's, so it's not like the, it's not like me sitting down at a coffee shop, okay. but I do think that they have really good coffee. So what is your typical coffee order? Uh, 24 ounce oat milk latte with four shots. <laughs> okay. And I don't do flavorings in it. Okay. That's solid. Yeah. That's solid. Sometimes I get like a cookie on the side, you know. Okay. An oatmeal cookie too, to go with the no. oat milk. Oh, what? An oatmeal cookie? No, 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 no. Okay. So what type of cookie? You got to do like the classic, like the really good shortbread sugar cookie with like a good little frosting thing on it. That's like the perfect thing. Okay. That's how I make it through most of my mornings. Okay. Is that, you know, okay. 
Or a LaCroix. A LaCroix. Okay. What didn't I ask you that I should have? I don't know. <laughs> you asked me a lot. <laughs> um, I don't know. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> Put you on the spot. How many games are the Apple Sox going to win this year? Oh, man. Well, we're winning all 31 home games. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> We have we have fifty six regular season games I think so hopefully all fifty six of those okay no I I would, seriously I would I would love for us to be able to go to the playoffs this year so that is that is my goal for this year okay but playoffs and and park attendance those are my two things okay my two hopes and dreams those are both reasonable goals if you want to pack the stadium and we want to win the championship. Yeah, of course. Okay. Nothing less. Nothing less. Perfect. Only the best. There we go. Well, thank you for making time to do this. Thank you. I hope it was uh, relatively painless for you. It was very entertaining. <laughs> okay. I enjoyed it. I'm Scott. I'm excited for the summer. So. The summer's gonna be a lot of fun. All right. <laughs> Lots of baseball. Lots of baseball. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.